Are you little bitches ready? I think we little bitches is ready. Three little bitches. Today on the... (laughs) Goldilocks and the three little bitches. Three blind mice. Three (laughs) little bitches. Today on the Little Bitch Podcast, we're trauma dumping. I hope you're ready to trauma dump. Always. You know, you know, it's been deemed problematic if you do this to your therapist. It's like, so what is your job then? <laughs> yeah, what am I paying you for? <laughs> well, my question is, when does it become dumping? Like, how much drama can you unload before it's a dump? Drama or trauma? Trauma. I have a high threshold for drama. Drama dumping. I am is, drama. Drama dumping is acceptable. Trauma dumping is considered um, a faux pas. Uh-huh. But I guess it depends on the trauma because if you were trauma dumping, like you sat down your therapist and you were like, all right, at the age of three, I killed a man with my bare hands. Your therapist <laughs> is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't tell me any more about that. Well, you should never trauma dump if it's going to implicate you in a in a crime. Yeah, never admit to criminal activities. <laughs> um, well, and there's a difference between capital T trauma and little t trauma. What's the I differences? I was about to say, don't ask me the difference. I don't know. That's what the therapist told me. Really? Yeah. Man. This bunch is a racket now. Little T and big T trauma. (laughs) Well, it's like stuff that, you know, trauma that builds over time because of this, that, and the other. Instead, like capital T trauma is like you were kidnapped. You you were kidnapped. Okay. (laughs) You were kidnapped. Little T trauma might be that you wished you had been kidnapped. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I don't know the difference. Yeah, that's probably a good guess, though. (laughs) <laughs> so uh like capital t would be um you got shot with a gun and you thought you were gonna yeah. die and then little t yeah. is like you had a panic attack and thought you were gonna die in both cases yes. you thought you were gonna die but in one case it, it was it warranted. Was, <laughs> in one case it was mental in the other case it was physical <laughs> Yeah. How at the same time though, I mean, I almost have to say like if you think you're going to die, no matter how you cut it, it's still That's pretty mental. scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that your brain processes it any differently if the threat is real or Yeah, you just might perceived. actually be more calm if you get shot. I mean, you know, you're going into shock. Slow down. Yeah. We're trauma dumping for real now, folks. <laughs> well, and and I will say that little t trauma it, because it's harder to recognize and unpack can be even harder to get help for can be harder to work through because it's not i mean you can you can hire a doctor and say hi i was shot i need to rec- i need you know uh, you can it's it's you you will you get a pinpoint yeah you can quick. get a you can get a ptsd diagnosis pretty quick just go ahead and start you on the meds but if you contact you know if you call the doctor and you're like, hey, uh, I'm not sleeping and I think I might kill myself. It's just going to be a lot longer to figure out process. what's going on. A lot of processing, maybe harder to treat even, you know? Well, um, 
Well, speaking of but trauma... I, again, I'm not a doctor, but I do have a spooky Halloween story about getting shot. And I didn't oh. actually think about it. I didn't actually so, think about it. So do we, actually. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what it was. I didn't think about it being so, like... Uh, so uh, witching until I said it out loud to a friend recently, and they were like, holy shit. But what happened was, so when I was young, my uncle, one of my, my mom's oldest brother, my mom's one of six, and my oldest uncle um, got shot. And we were, the whole family besides him was at Myrtle Beach at the time <laughs> with my mamaw. And of course, like somebody called and said like, Jeff's in the hospital, so-and-so shot up the gas station because my uncle was running running the family gas station that my papa left him. Anyway, someone had shot up the whole gas station, which could have meant an explosion, obviously. <laughs> I think the guy probably was trying to blow up the gas station. God damn. <laughs> yeah. But instead, Jeff took a non-life-threatening bullet. Okay, so... What the reason the whole reason I was telling this story to my friend was that like my mama was with us and, and like the siblings, my mom and her siblings decided they were not gonna tell Mama what had happened while we were on vacation. Jeff was coherent, he was like, Don't tell her, y'all don't come back. I'm fine, I'm in the hospital, just come see me when you get back. Because we was only there a week. I mean it's it's Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and so no one told Mama, but when we got back and she found out, she was so pissed. She wouldn't talk to anybody for a while. <laughs> she was mm. so mad. But the crazy part is that because of where the bullet was, it wasn't safe to remove the bullet at the time. And, like, it wasn't threatening his life. So they left the bullet in him for years, like 20 years. Uh My Uncle Jeff had had this bullet in him. The day, like a few years ago, maybe like five years ago, he got the bullet removed. The day he had that bullet removed, the guy who shot him died. Oh, damn. Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> this is all true, folks. Sheila Sheila would back this up. Wow. Yeah. And and the whole family was just like, What well, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. That is nuts, man. Yeah. How did the guy die, do you know? I don't know. I'm gonna ask mom. She probably knows, but I don't remember. I don't remember how he died. I don't think it was anything super weird, but I'll, it was like ask. his life was just pinned up in like keeping that bullet in your uncle yeah. Jeff, was it? Yeah. Very strange though, right? Am I right? Wow, mm-hmm. that is strange. Okay, y'all got a y'all got a gunshot story? Not nearly mm-hmm. as good as that, but <laughs> we might have busted open a a topic of recent import. <laughs> yeah, um I wanna know. I'm fresh back from vacay celebrating my biggest holiday as you know what was our reactions to the frankenstein episode what have people been saying i don't know i don't read it anymore so i don't know parents is forbidden from reading it but i've saw nothing but positive nice feedback and oh that's great i just like to take a minute to recognize the community for (laughs) fostering (laughs) an inclusive and uplifting environment to keep tom alive (laughs) <laughs> yeah, in the interest of my <laughs> personal well-being. Thank you so much. Well, we went up to Terrence's for Halloween, and we were got into a Ouija session. At first, 
nothing was happening. We tried several different combinations of players. It really was kind of been obstinate for a little bit. And then out of nowhere, it starts spelling things out. Would you like to know what it spelled out, Tanya? I'd love to. The first word it spelled out was rust. And then... <laughs> and then... 63. Mm-hmm. And then... Dead and how. Now all that taken in aggregate sounds like gobbledygook until you realize that Alec Baldwin is 63 years old. He's 63, yeah. And that movie was called Rust that he was working on when that, you know, when that accident when he, happened. When he killed someone? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was, uh, who knows what. And who knows if if we were talking to the actual um, decedent, the actual deceased, or if it was he someone... He was 63. Or if someone else story. was playing the track. It's kind of a creepy coincidence, though. It said, die how? Dead how. Dead how. Wow. I also think it's spelled FEMA. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> So I don't know. There's a there's a FEMA tie-in. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, so if anybody can make sense of any of that, just let us know. Any of you know licensed and/or experienced practitioners of the dark arts? We're tourists. Totally. Well, uh, my first night in Salem on this past trip was pretty scary. Um, we got to a seaside Airbnb in a nor'easter, <laughs> in a fucking nor'easter, <laughs> goddamn pouring down rain. And we get up, it's like an apartment. Um, it's like a townhouse and we have to go upstairs and shit. And there's two doors, two locked doors to get in. Um, well, three technically. And so we've got our, we've logged our shit up. We're looking around. There's randomly dirt in the bathroom. There's just like dirt in the floor uh-huh. and in the sink. Well, it's kind of weird, but it, there weren't like, there wasn't dirt anywhere else, just in the bathroom floor. It looked like someone had tracked it in, but there wasn't any dirt anywhere else. Uh-huh. Perhaps it was uh, native earth of a vampire has to sleep on. You know, they sleep on their native earth. <laughs> oh yeah, just a thought. Um. All right. Well, keep keep these. These. There are many and, things to clock here. Texans also have to be born on Texas soil. So, um, if you ever see someone in the hospital putting down some dirt underneath a birthing oh woman. my god <laughs> colt mccoy's dad did that didn't he that he is born in Hobbs. that's the legend <laughs> oh my god he put texas dirt under the hospital bed yeah okay well so because it's storming so bad and i'm telling you it's gray that place was gray as far as that i could see across the across the harbor I did a lot of fake Boston accent this past week. I've been trying to stop it. You but sound, you've nailed it's it. Hard, really. It's hard to reel it in. You've really. got, you've got should, it perfected. Well, they my f- cast you in the departed too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pouring the rain. It's gray. So there's dirt in the floor. That's a little weird. But we don't think nothing of it. I'll take a picture of it, though, just in case I need to try to get my money back for other purposes on this B&B. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, if I f- did a spew anything else, this will be one part. 
Um, so then it's so it's storming and but I have another bag I need to go get so I'm like okay I'm just gonna go out and get my other bag before it gets even worse because it had kind of stopped raining a little bit so I go downstairs and I'm in the farthest exterior door and I'm turning the knob and nothing is happening like I unlock it it's unlocked I'm on the inside of the door but Mm -hmm. the doorknob will not open and it seems it's like the more I pull it, I realize that it looks almost like someone has used a screwdriver and taken is try has tried to take the knob off. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a lo- problem with the lock; it's the actual door knob. It's just like not catching. It is not connected anymore. And we just came up this motherfucker. It's been like a half hour. <laughs> Interesting. And so I think maybe we got real stoned. So I think maybe I'm too high to work a doorknob. So I go back up. I'm like, hey, bitch, come down here and try this doorknob. I'm apparently too stoned to work a fucking doorknob. So she comes down. She says, she's like, nope, this door, this something's happened to this door in the last 30 minutes since we came in. (laughs) And we are now locked in this house. Like we can't get out of the fucking house. What? Wait yeah. a second. We, this is the furthest exterior door. The door will not open. We both try to open it. Both Let me of ask us. you a question. You think it's possible they recognized you as part of uh, Salem's $2 billion and growing uh, spook industry? And they're like, let's give them a little something extra. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's literally what I, ta- what I told her. I was like, well, we're getting what we paid for, bitch. We came up to Halloween Town in the middle of a fucking nor'easter. And here we are. So we get back upstairs and I'm messaging the landlord or the the woman like, hey, we can't even get out of the fucking house. What's up? And there's dirt in the floor in the bathroom. About that time, the rain picks up and the lights start flickering. I shit you not. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And then, you know, I'm texting with this person over the house who owns the house at least it was run by a person who owns it and not some fucking housing d- company have you have y'all re- come into contact with this where airbnbs are just run by fucking rental agencies i've heard about it i've not used an airbnb I'm, I'm back i like hotels now i stay in hotels when i travel now yeah I'm i do too but i hotel guy There's i can't no with no the dogs well, everything's booked up, um, and usually I'm trying to travel with the dogs. Not this time. Anyway, long story short, long story long, maybe. About that time, my <laughs> friend says she hears someone knocking on the fucking door down the steps. Did you hear like, this, too? No, I didn't hear it. Wow. Because I was, I was trying to get a hold of this woman to come. So she tells us she's like sends me her number she says call me she's like listen it's seven o'clock at night there's no way i'm coming out there i'll have to come tomorrow and i'm like we're locked in the house we can't leave the house this is not safe this is a fucking fire hazard she's like no you're not oh you can use the steps on the deck because there's a deck there's like a deck overlooking the water i mean it was fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. once the once the noija they the noista cleared out <laughs> the noija the norwegian that's what we had yeah we had a norwegian <laughs> So she, so we go out on the deck and see that there's like steps down the deck. She's like, just use the sliding doors until in the morning. So we're like, okay, okay. So we go out together. I'm like, let's go get this other bag together. Not After all a this comforting is, feeling going into a house and then being trapped in it within no, minutes. <laughs> I got no. Say. And I'm like, let's just go sit in the car and decide. Like, maybe we'll just pack up and leave. Fuck it. Like, 
But everything's booked. It's Halloween in Salem. This was one of the last places that were e- that even come up. I had called multiple places just a few weeks before that. Yeah. That are all booked up. Anyway, um, we get down the steps and it is so narrow. We have to walk all alongside this housing unit. And the walkway is so narrow that I can barely fit my fat ass through it. And it's pouring the rain. <laughs> We don't know what's on the other side of this door that won't open. Uh-huh. Oh, I but we tell. get. I got some guesses. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get around to the front. There's nothing out there. There's no one at the door. Um, I get my bag and I have to. I mean, maybe the funniest part of the whole thing is me trying to wrestle my huge, oversized, checked bag. So I, when I got to the airport. My bag was 11 pounds over because the motherfucker's f- filled with floor-length velvet gowns. God damn it. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have to open up my suitcase at the airport and move it or- and move around 11 pounds worth of shit. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, boy. So I'm dragging this behemoth just literally ricocheting off of every pole that's because there's all these decks on all these units and it's literally i barely could get my hips through it and now i'm trying to drag this fucking insanely huge check bag through here and it's pouring (laughs) the rain the wind's blowing we just got here did it go was it uphill or downhill from there um, it was mostly all downhill from there. It was fine. There wasn't. We didn't die, but I did that next that night. I was like, you know what? The I'm getting the cards out. The situation's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we survived the first night, and the next morning, I was like, this is the beginning of a horror movie. Like we survived the first night, and it gave us just enough comfort to think we were going to make it. <laughs> and today's the day. Today's our day. But as you can see, we survived it. She came the next day and uh, fixed the door. She did have to buy a new doorknob and put a new doorknob on. I don't know what happened to the doorknob. We never figured that out. I, I, I agree with Tom. I read an article about how, um, what's the word, profitable, I guess, like October is for the city of Salem. Like It's their, do, entire, their, make, their entire economy is built around October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all yeah. they got. They call it Haunted Happenings. Oh, yeah. Um, the friend I stayed with in Boston before we left sent me an article that was, like, complaining about how Salem has become a place where you just buy $300 wands or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's... um, Yeah. It, um, 5,000 of its 43,000 residents identify as practicing witches and untold passage of thousands passing through as part of a spiritual pilgrimage. Um Oh, that's a nicer article than I read. The other one was just like, fuck all this. (laughs) Yoga retreat at the Satanic Temple. um, Official. This is a a lot of fuck. They make a lot of money off of this. It's crazy. Tom Tom made a really funny point, which is that like, (laughs) which is that like, could you imagine if you went back to the 1500s in like England or, um, I don't know, the Bavarian provinces or whatever, and told them that, like, in 500 years, witchcraft would be a uh, $2 billion a year business. 
that in Salem alone. I know alone. Y'all shaking and trembling at this now, but in 500 years, this is going to make us all. This is going to the rising tide of Satanism is going to lift all boats. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I mean, it's really like the Northeast um, Gatlinburg. You know how much I love Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard people who live up there describe it that way, even. People who live in Maine and places they like they all like it's a lot. It's a place where even like people who just live in a hundred mile radius go for go during October just to like take it in, you know. Well, it's whatever kooky thing you're into. Like Roswell, I mean, is like you know mm-hmm. I'm sure you get all kinds of UFO shit there. Oh yeah, and then yeah. like there's places in Nevada that would be like small towns like uh, Winnemucca and other places that are just like. Oh, UFO sightings. And it's like much more obscure like UFO stuff than Area 51. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean, that's really what Whitesburg... That's what every small town in America needs if it's trying to um, be on the come up. Survive. But, yeah, you know, like it needs something... Because, you know, there's like the Mothman and Point Pleasant. You know, mm-hmm. we need something like that. We need like um, some sort of... Uh, extra meat tra- shower or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we need a meat shower. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, what every every little town needs a little bit of lore, though. That's just to kind of, you know. Yeah. Hoopman always coast on Whitesburg. Jim Webb. <laughs> well, yeah. Hoopman always wanted. He was always talking up the space needle, the Pine Mountain Space Needle Space spa. Needle Spa. Yeah. I mean, it's it still might have legs. Mountain. Who knows? I, yeah, I think knows? it's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. If you put yeah, your mind you, to it. You either but, need some sort of, like, insane landmark thing, like a, a temple or a ruin, or just an architectural wonder, like a space needle that's a spa. Or, or like, a, a celebrity who's decided he's going to be... You know, like, didn't J.D. Salinger move to, like, a small town in Connecticut or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Chappelle in Yellow Springs. Right. Kanye West in Cody, Wyoming. (laughs) Do you think he just goes and, like, eats in diners just to to fuck around in town? Kanye's the type of guy to go to Wendy's, but not, like, Wendy's in, like, Whitesburg. Like, Wendy's in, like, Prague or... Uh, you know, uh, Helsinki, something like that, you know? <laughs> well, before we get too far from my trip, I w- there are two funny things I couldn't wait to tell you all. Okay, let's hear them. Most of it was just really fun. Um, and there was some actually fun, scary stuff. This dark arts festival we went to. But anyway, um, the funny... Did you say dark what- arts festival? Yeah, they had a dark arts festival on the, outside of town that was mostly local artists and some like nationally renowned artists came there for this festival and it was fucking awesome. It was in Let this like Let me ask one question before you go any further with this. Did you go to a yoga retreat at the Satanic Temple? <laughs> no. Okay, thank God. But I did go to the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple in Salem is great. It's an art gallery. They have a bunch of Salvador Dollies in there. It's incredible. And of course, I did a strip tease for Baphomet this year. Ugh, I'm gonna have to <laughs> like edit I did, that out. Like I did for Mothman. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm not editing that out. People are getting the raw and cut Tanya. What's the problem? What's the problem? 
Surely this isn't surprising. Anyways, continue. Okay. Okay, the funny... One of the funniest things I saw was there was a black cat on my flight home. <laughs> to Ohio. An Ohio bitch got on a fucking airplane with a black, with a black cat. cat. On Halloween. Took it to Salem and flew home with it. You know what? Imagine... Imagine there's like you're at the ASPCA in Salem, <laughs> Massachusetts, and like you're not a black cat. Like you're like you're going to the kill factory. <laughs> like one hundred percent. Like it's just like being marked for death. But if you're a black cat, you're like, oh yeah, I fixed the eat big time because somebody's going to come to Salem and adopt a motherfucking black cat straight from the ASPCA. Oh, it, it hadn't occurred to me that the that the woman got it in Salem and was taking it home. I assumed it was just her familiar she brought with no, her. No, she definitely got that thing there. I don't know. That cat was on a leash. It was in a carrier. It was being pretty cool and chill to be a cat on an airplane. First cat on an airplane I've seen. Yeah, I had to drug Arrow for three months to ride her in Terrence's truck. Two yeah, hours. Two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. So that was pretty funny. I mean, I was in airport security with a cat with a black cat it was incredible i was just waiting for some some weirdo to freak out and be like this is bad luck i'm not riding on a plane with a fucking black cat because <laughs> we were flying to columbus ohio i mean there were definitely some rednecks on that flight um okay anyway so the actual best funniest thing that happened to me was driving around driving in boston and i got the most Boston welcome to the city. A man, I'm driving around, and maybe I'm high, but I thought I was driving well. I thought I was doing fine. You heard somebody <laughs> saying racial slurs. No, what happened was a large, bearded, bald man, white man, in a convertible, no less, in a convertible, flies around our rental car, which we had Ontario plates. That motherfucker was kilom- kilometers we thought we were flying. <laughs> we were like, that's why we were going so slow. We thought it was in kilometers. Because <laughs> our rental car was Canadian. Anyway, we have Ontario plates, so he, who knows what. He Maybe he just really hates Canadians. I don't know. But this man bolted around us and screams from a convertible, Fucking morons! Because <laughs> you were going so slow? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was because we were going slow. I think I had just recently tried to yield to a pedestrian in a crosswalk, but it wasn't like... Mm, that's it wasn't not something you do life. in Boston. Apparently well, not, but I, it was like the most Boston accent. You fucking moms! Oh, God. I mean, I blew this man a kiss. I was cackling. I was laughing so fucking hard. You pull him over and explain your car was in kilometers, and that's why you were <laughs> a pain in the ass to be behind <laughs> convertible like where are you in such a hurry to get to my man the colors are gorgeous it's a beautiful day you got your top down on your convertible and you can't just be behind two hotties in a fucking ontario plate rental you have to scream obscenities out the window really it could be when i lived in austin the worst week of every year was south by southwest and like everybody descends on the city so maybe he was just t- sick and tired 
Oh, he knew we were witches? Yeah, he was Well, the witch I was with, she didn't miss a beat. She didn't like... I was cackling. I thought I was so into it. I was so into being... I wish to God he had called us bimbos or something. Oh, this (laughs) reminds me. I watched a movie the other night. (laughs) Extremely problematic. But I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, Have you guys seen The Witches of Eastwick? Duh. You lie out like ten times. Well, like, what do you Uh, think of that? (laughs) It's incredible. Are you kidding me? Share. It's share. Um, oh my God. Three iconic witches. Are you just are, talking about witches, like the Roald Doll adaptation? No, it's a John Updike novel. No, um, they, it, they're, they're in love with what's his dick? And Jack he's Nicholson. the devil. Jack Nicholson's the devil. You didn't find it kind of like rapey, though? Um, I could see that. Yeah. It, it was, As I, in, like. He convinced, like, because he's the devil, so he just, like, has powers over people. Yeah, it was, um, it just made me feel really weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a couple, like, conversations he has with people, like, Cher's trying to turn him down. Cher's like, I'm not fucking you, and he's like, yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, and basically, he uh, uh, manipulates and abuses her into having sex with him, and it's, like, not really presented as much of a problem. It's kind of like... Oh, this is what this he. Up. This is what he does. He's the devil, and then she likes it because then she gets into witchcraft. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I mean, it it was. The ending like, is worth it, though. The ending's fucking worth it. Then it, it's got a pretty good it's ending. It's Susan I mean, Sarandon. Okay, the witches are Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. You did so you didn't like the movie in general, or you just were uncomfortable uh, with no, the rapey I mean, parts. No, I mean, no. Look, I mean, I've. Uh, I watch just about anything, no matter how I mean, if but. you've watched A Clockwork Orange, you know, there's a lot of, like, classic horror that have some despicable rape scene or something. I'm, like, it's at this point, it's almost a, a fucking milestone of, mo- of, of, a horror, of the horror genre. Oh, and, and, and it makes me feel uncomfortable every time I see it in those movies as well. I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not saying that, like... Um, you should throw out all old cinema because it's all rapey. I'm just saying that it was like, it, it's a John Updike novel, and John Up it was based on a John Updike novel, and and John Updike was kind of like this guy who wrote about like American masculinity and the loss of American masculinity, and like, um, <laughs> it, it, I like it, I feel like the movie kind of presents as, presents it as this empowering thing, but I've not read the book, but if I had to guess. I'd say that the book presents the devil in a little more flattering light. This this movie Probably, didn't yeah. fully, like, I didn't feel like the, I don't know. It did kind of, it definitely indicted him by the end of it. It's definitely got a, a payoff. This is worth, worth it. But it was pretty, it was just interesting. I'd never seen it before. And they have it on, uh, like, HBO right now, so I watched it. Yeah. I watched it this year, too, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most movies where there is some type of sexual tension between a man and a woman, like a hetero love situation in a movie, which most movies have, there's teetering, especially anything older than 10 years old. There's like a teetering, just like flirtation. It's like they do not know how to flirt without it being 
hypersexualized and man, like manipulative sounding. <laughs> I was watching Ghostbusters the other night, and the scene where <laughs> Bill Murray goes and checks out her apartment, and he's just like all over her. I was like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Sigourney Weaver is that who's? No. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I'm Ghostbusters, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Wh- have you seen that movie, Tom? The Witches of Eastwick. I'd be interested to read. Now, it I know what it now. is now. I was for some reason I was thinking he was talking about the Angelica Houston witch. That's just witches, though. Yeah, witches, and they redid that this year or last year, I think. I always get it. Witches of Eastwick and Mermaids mixed up. I think it's both because they have Cher. Because Cher, yeah, Mermaids is such a good movie. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue. It's just something you said made me think of that. It's also set in like the Northeast, like New England. Um, I think it's like Rhode yeah. Island or something. But Yeah, it's New England. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what you interrupted. You were talking about the guy that got pissed and... Um... <laughs> oh, the witch in the car with me immediately, she just didn't misspeak. She said, don't worry about him. He's going to die of a heart attack. And it was so funny because it was like she was saying that as a response of like he's obviously carrying so much anger he's gonna die of a heart attack but it also because we were like out witching around it felt like she had hexed him you guys (laughs) killed an innocent man (laughs) god tanya you listen we were trying to get to the bottom of a murder using untraditional means and you were out there causing them (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not it does feel like um like we were talking about this about the Alec Baldwin thing. The whole thing really does feel like the plot of a um of like a Columbo episode or like um uh, some sort of I mean like a clue reboot. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's almost like someone put the bullets in that gun without anyone knowing and, and expecting Oh, you think it, it to... was suspicious? I mean, it is very suspicious. It's just so fucking weird. Yeah, like, how does Why that would happen? There be live... Why would there be live rounds in a gun on a set? Right, exactly. Like, Why are they there said... live rounds on a set at all? They, they And this is the thing that really pisses me off so bad about that. Like, um, I mean, obviously, it's a horrible um, tragedy, and that's and that is like the biggest like tr- uh, tragedy about this. But like the double irony of the whole deal is that like movies don't even use practical effects anymore. Everything is CGI, so like there's no need to even have a gun. I mean, they've already sacrificed every good part of movie making to just like cheap special effects, and they don't use practical effects or guns or squibs or anything anymore. So, again, why the fuck were they using a real gun? It just, um, I don't know. It's also, just... there, there's the, the, you know, they had, they had did the IATSE sort of demonstration, like, moments before all that. That's kind of a curious thing, right? Because it wasn't, like, part of this, like, some dimension of this is that scab labor was in place because they were uh-huh. cutting some corners or something. So, I it, don't it, know. I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know all the facts about that, but, like... It really does that feel like a, more clear. Yeah, it feels like the plot of a noir mov- movie or or something from like the 1930s. Like you've got these like um this labor action and then you know it just seems like maybe it was set up or something like or maybe someone had it out for Alec Baldwin and they put those bullets in the gun to make sure that it happened that way or like something is just doesn't add up. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't know. It's uh 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's sad all the way around, but god damn. Yeah, it feels like that. Especially suspicious that your Ouija would speak on it. Well, who who, who knows? I mean, the thing about it, the thing about Ouija is that um, I think people have this understanding of Ouija as just like, oh, you know, it's like a telephone. You know, you open it up and you talk to the other realm. But the thing about it, Ouija is that if that was the case, then you'd just put the goddamn thing on your table and it would start talking to you. Like, right. <laughs> like you have to, like, Ouija is a, um, is a collaborative process and people bring things into it. And um, who, who knows? I mean, maybe that was like something that was emergent when we all sat down and it was on our minds and that happened. Or, uh, or we were mediums for something or someone trying to tell us something but i i don't i don't know my my mind is very open when it comes to ouija in the sense that like i'm not i don't think that every time you use it it's supernatural um or, but i don't know at the same time like what is magic like magic could be when you sit down with your friends and come up with a, a conversational topic that none of you agreed on beforehand then you all just kind of naturally went that way see what i'm saying Podcast, basically. Podcasting is magic, Terrence Ryan. Well, I'm with you on magic, you know, magic being our ability to see things that don't exist yet and create them out of the tools we have. That is magic. Yeah. yeah I, don't, um, I don't know how I feel about magic, but I'm 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 probably more open to this to about any damn thing anymore. <laughs> so it makes about as much sense as anything else. Um. Well, did you have something else that you were? I thought you said you had an, uh, two stories, or or uh, you me? Yeah. I think I've told about three now, ain't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen. I have to. What I was going to tell y'all, and it's I, there's a an update just moments ago that goes with it, and perhaps fortuitous that we didn't meet in person today. But, so, I guess it's a couple of days ago, my neighbor's uh, brother, he was like in his 60s or 70s, visiting from Michigan, takes a tumble off my front porch and just busts his shit open on the sidewalk. Like, blood everywhere, rolling around in the yard. Damn. And his sister comes over and knocks on my door and says, can you come out here and help? You know, he's kind of a bigger guy or whatever. It's like, can you come up and help us get him up? So I go over there, you know, we kind of... Tom's out there with his mask on. No, I did Well, that's more <laughs> of that. Uh, you, don't, you know, in those situations, like, you don't think, you know, you just see, like, this guy, old older guy, you know, like, bleeding every damn where, you know, and it's like, you don't really think about that. You know, go out there, whatever, paramedics come. <laughs> and, uh, you know, work out whatever. Well... I was supposed to come and record with y'all in person. I just got a text message from his sister saying, oh, yeah, by the way, when they admitted him to the hospital, he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> so, oh, shit. And it's Damn. just the funny thing of, like, I've essentially taken myself out of life for, like, two years over this because I'm such a fucking health freak. And then, like, <laughs> you just get a situation where there's a, an immediate crisis you have to respond to just out of a sense of duty and that's how you might have gotten exposed oh right. my god tom 
so yeah so i'm sitting over here like okay well i feel okay i feel not scared about it as i would a year ago but well see yeah. the thing is dude if you were a good citizen and you actually cared about your neighbors and your fellow americans you wouldn't have helped him um, because you're trying to stop the spread, bro. You can't be out here yeah, helping that's true. other can't people. Can't do it. Can't do it. You cannot. I should have played it. the long game instead of the short game. I should have let him like have a subdural hematoma. Instead right. Of, it'll stop the spread anyway. You know. Yeah, you got to stop the spread. You cannot be out here being a good Samaritan. These God. are serious times, <laughs> dude. It is so weird. <laughs> That is actually kind of the logic behind it. <laughs> yeah. I ask Lord you, would Jesus, would Jesus have uh, resisted um, giving medical care to the unvaccinated? <laughs> no, he would not have. <laughs> yeah. He would have served them. Oh, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Ooh. What else is going on in the world? <laughs> Nothing we want to talk about. Fucking same old shit, same old election bullshit. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been off Twitter, and um, you know, there was an election earlier this week, and um, you well, know, as you are, might imagine, they've blamed you in particular for the oh, for the fuck. Democrats' loss in Virginia. It's <laughs> Terrence Ray is he's he's uh, subverted the McAuliffe campaign single handedly. <laughs> single handedly. Damn, and I did, was not. Terrence was out over him wise working against Terry McAuliffe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was completely blissfully unaware. Damn. Um, they really there were multiple statements. I saw this week that were like, make no mistake, this loss is because of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, I've seen that too. <laughs> Sal- What's just, her name? Sally, whatever. Yeah, just point blank. This is absolutely the the cause of Bernie Sanders' language. Make no mistake. <laughs> Sally Albright, I hadn't seen her since 2016. All of a sudden, I see her all over the TL saying, make no mistake, this is the fault of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> It's like, man, we quit doing J.D. Vance. Can you quit doing Sanders now? <laughs> yeah, just fucking come off it, bitch. Oh, Lord. Um, um, and then Van Jones starts crying on CNN, saying this is not who we are. And if we don't change, <laughs> if we don't change something soon, there's going to be a reckoning. <laughs> Wait, Van cried on CNN? Every time the Democrats shit the bed, he <laughs> cries and acts like he's got the secret sauce to win these elections. And and just he does this ominous thing where he's like, if the dem- if we don't straighten this out, we're going to lose our democracy. It's a guy that was a communist in college, you know. What I mean? Now I look at it. Wow, wow, wow. Um, this may be a uh, this may be a reflection of the pandemic. People just not being around. People just like only being around their neighbors for so long. But this trip to Massachusetts, I heard more, like more than I've ever had in my life in one week. People saying, where are you from? You from the South? Where are you from? Like all I had to do was say, thank you. Hello. And people were like demanding to know where I was from. Damn. Did they want to know if you, um, I think it's because they want to know if you, are responsible for trying to subvert democracy on January 6th. 
<laughs> oh yeah, she's like, yeah, I got to report uh, to the to prison in a week. <laughs> Serve out my sentence. I tried. Yes, I, I have a question, ma'am. Was it you that was took part in the theft of our democracy on January sixth? <laughs> No, the last woman who did it was the last night I was there. We went out to have this. We went out to a really nice seafood place, and our server did it. She was like, "Where are y'all from?" And then I loved it so much. She couldn't have said anything better. She compared us to True Blood. <laughs> oh boy! Her, her only frame of reference for Southern accents was True Blood. Oh, I loved it so much. I couldn't. It's written I was, by Kentucky. I freaked out. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I love True Blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've based my accent on that in particular. <laughs> oh. What? Why has... Um, so here's the thing. This is what I mean by like... So I'm off uh, Twitter and like, you know, just opening it and like scrolling through and, and stuff. Like, this is the thing I don't understand and why it's so bizarre. It kind of distorts reality in a way. It's hard to explain. Like, why have they latched on to that specific election as, like, the harbinger of what's to come? Even though I do think it's probably true. Like, I don't think Democrats are going to do very well in the midterms. But it's just weird. I don't. I guess it's a fundraising device. I don't know. Device, yeah, I feel right? like they say that about... I feel like they say that about Everything. every election. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Every, every election is, is, like... The biggest election of our lives, or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah. I, I told y'all I had to, I've had to come out of retirement, and I'm back on a, in a campaign now, and <laughs> we're gonna be using fucking the van and shit apparently, and so now people I'm working with are gonna know I ain't been voting. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fucking. You have to come out as an anti-voter. I'm gonna have to reckon with this. Really if somebody asks some... me point blank. I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I got like I don't know what the, I'm gonna act like I've got amnesia. You really have been subverting democracy then. Who who have I had to vote for? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know what the they want me is, to do. I thing is, you just got to do it. Whether it's uh, you just got to no vote. matter who, honey. Blue, you just got to do it. I, Tanya, yeah. uh we we have a mission, and that is, we've been me and Terrence have been plotting for about three weeks. We need to somehow get Charles Booker to stop running against Rand Paul and just take John Yarmouth's seat. Yeah, I don't understand what the thinking behind this is. If you're listening, because Atticus Atticus Scott is running against John Yarmouth. No, John Yarmouth is retiring, and I don't. No, I know, I and I think Atticus Scott is trying is running. Oh, for that seat. Yeah. Well, just yeah. how much I know. Well, don't listen Which, to me. <laughs> and the local Dems are not supporting her, it sounds like, even though she's already an elected Democrat in this shit ass state. They like even John Yarmouth apparently wants his son to to take the, to take over the seat. Which yeah. is such a it's such an American just like the worst of American politics is that you inherit a fucking position you're supposed to be voted into. Dem Republican, it don't fucking matter. I think the point still stands because Charles would foxtrot to that fucking seat. You know what I mean? Not even a question. But Rand Paul's a taller hill to climb. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's probably because he's. Well, I don't know. I don't know what his obsession with the Senate is. Who knows? Because that's he ran against Mitch before, right? Or that was he was yeah. 
Right. Well, I, get, I get the whole I get the whole like you know the headlines sort of write themselves with like the running against Mitch McConnell thing. Like I don't think that was ever I'm not saying Charles wasn't in it to win it or anything like that, but I don't think anybody's surprised on the result of that, particularly with the Amy McGrath thing. Right. But, well it's he lost to Amy, not Mitch. Right. But, and I, I mean, think, you, uh, this shit has to, like, you at a certain point, you have to be, like, kind of, sort of smart and strategic about it. Would you rather, like, have somebody, a progressive, step into that safe seat? Or would you rather just, like, basically run, like, yeah, it's probably not as mission impossible as running against Mitch McConnell, but it's not far off the fucking pace. Well, hopefully Attica gets it. She's got a lot of support just from people in Louisville. I mean, she's been on the school board. She's... Uh, a state senator, whatever. Um, hopefully, she'll foxtrot into it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he thinks, I mean, maybe him and who knows. I mean, he he actually did have a pretty good take I saw about this last election. I mean, the it's no Virginia election. Yeah, it's not no news or anything, but he's like, he just said, you know, Republicans are going to continue to win weaponizing racism and shit, and Democrats are going to keep losing by ignoring it. Just <laughs> ignoring all the problems that people are yelling about, that people, that's ruining people's lives. Well, I've, I've already seen people floating around on the TL talking about, you know, like Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg being like the what's funny is nobody's considering the possibility that joe's gonna be like well i'm gonna run again in 2024 i decided <laughs> like, nobody, you know nobody's considering that it's like they're like no we're definitely putting <laughs> he this probably will surely he will right like yeah if, i think the de- I th- yeah i think he will i mean he i mean um, but think about how awful he was on this past campaign trail and three years from now he's gonna be an absolute fucking corpse him in shambles well, but it's funny. It's funny to think about, like, oh, well, like the two obvious choices were the guy that somehow won Iowa, even though he had less support than Bernie, there, <laughs> and then somebody who was out before the primaries, and you know, and uh, body slammed the current president as like a racist and a bigot, rightfully, but then goes and works for the guy. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, I'm not. I don't really. Uh keep up with the electoral politics so much these days but uh i have kind of been keeping up with that climate summit that they've been at the past week in europe or whatever oh tree hugger yeah (laughs) can't stop won't stop yeah old habits die hard (laughs) um and it is interesting because like biden had a quote that was like it was something to the effect of like my support for continued oil and gas drilling is not uh, in conflict with my support for reducing climate emissions. And then, like they say, the this Democrats are absolute maniacal. Like they they have brain diseases. Well, it's fucking nuts because like they say this stuff with on you know on one side of their mouths, and then the other side of the mouths they they say like. You know, they scold China and, like, Russia for not coming to this thing. And it's like, who who is, like, who is smarter here? Like, I mean, I have way more respect for Russia and China being like, nah, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and growing our economies and building out infrastructure 
and destroying the planet while we're doing it. I have way more respect for that than this bullshit, like, no, we are serious about climate change. Meanwhile, they're approving ten, just tens theater. of thousands just, of permits. Right, it's just, it's just theater. Yeah, exactly. solutions theater. They're just right. like... The the Dems truly are a house of cards. Just there's nothing in there. It's no substance. There's just nothing but lies and manipulation. These people are sick. <laughs> I mean, I I can see how the how the Virginia election is dis- like pretty disappointing because Virginia's had some pretty good um, success in the past few years, like the weed decriminalization of weed um and that was done in a pretty grassroots way like they had pretty a lot of people made that happen um who knows what's going to happen now i mean there are several little things that make can make life easier for people living in virginia like i've been trying to figure out thinking about moving where i want to be um and you know if you well, live in I'll tennessee tell you the simplest solution is running anthony flacavento for absolutely everything <laughs> in the same way that to to quote adam from the glory fires in the same way that movies quit being good when Ernest quit going places <laughs> politics quit being good when anthony flacavento wasn't running for everything from governor to fucking notary public <laughs> But, like, in Virginia, you can change your gender on your license to X. There's just, like, a bunch of just random things that just, like, make people's lives better in the interim. Um, that's, like, you know, I won't call it harm reduction, but uh, it is just kind of fucking sucks. It's like, here we go again. Just lose a little more ground. Just slowly but surely. Just fucking bad getting worse, baby. You'd love to see it. <laughs> Well, the well, other, the other big um, news from that ter- from that election day was the. Um, it's funny because I've literally read maybe a headline and half an article about all of the things we've just talked about. That's how unplugged I am. But um, but I did have a friend who was like ranting to me about the India Walton thing. Um, Mostly because, like, all of their friends, like, lib friends were online, like, see, now this is why you don't run a socialist. Like, people don't want a what socialist and all this. What the fuck? You know, just, just, like, stuff like that. And, um, but, like, I looked Cut. at the map, you know, of, like, how she did. Um, I mean, for a socialist, <laughs> it's not that bad. I mean, it's like. And a black woman. Like, can we not? They just it's obvious people are just racist and there's plenty of reasons i mean it's very i'm i'm pretty shocked that a write-in candidate beat her it's fucking nuts well in fairness he he was her successor that she beat out in the primary and then the other thing that people aren't taking into consideration here is the role that the bills mafia played in in sabotaging the election (laughs) (laughs) wait what so tell me a little bit about i've saw serious like left (laughs) scholars and analysts say that like if we abolish can we would people be more interested in local politics if we abolish sports 
And then, like, when they get called out on called nerds and everything else, they're like, well, I was just joking, but, you know, it bolsters my point. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's people alive in the Ivory Coast because of Didier Drogba and soccer. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> How is that real? That's nuts. So I'm not Amazing. sure. I've yet to figure out the link between the between Bill's Nation, or Bill's Mafia, <laughs> as they call it, and... Uh, the Walton loss, but yeah, well, didn't, didn't you say were were people quoting Chomsky to bolster this point? Was that what they were doing? Oh yeah, he, this guy was like, he, he has said yeah. that in the past. I've read that him say that in the past that like sports is basically what keeps people out of political engagement. What? What's what's his? My man has been asleep in the woods for twelve fucking years. You seen him? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, let's let's hear what a fucking 97-year-old fucking linguist has to say about sports in America. <laughs> I pass. Sorry to the Chomsky heads, but your boy's not always right. I just love that he is speaking, that he's had to start speaking on sports to try to just shred a little revel, a little well, some uh, of this stuff is relevance little in his late life. Some of the stuff is a little, it's a little older. Like I think there's, what people were quoting to me was a passage from Manufacturing Consent where he's like, and this essay from a couple of years ago where he was like, you know, I listen to the radio a lot and invariably I'll come up on sports talk radio and people call in and they have like, all these like it's intricate knowledge and what the coach should have did and like everybody has a real stake in that in the community and da 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 and he's like and i can't for the life of me figure out why or for the longest time i couldn't figure out for the life of me why people didn't have the same level of analysis with global affairs <laughs> you can't figure out why Come no i'm gonna go ahead and put it out there for you it's because sports don't fucking lie to you at every turn you know you tip off you play it and something happens yeah you know? and, and it's actually accessible to to people uh, it's marketed I, to I would say humans. even even on a more base level um you're m- much more likely to get laid uh, talking sports, going to a sports bar, knowing about them, than fucking um, knowing about global affairs. <laughs> You're more likely to score if you know the score. That's right. Yay! Not. <laughs> God damn it! That shit pisses me off so bad. Just, just like the sheer like sort of nerddom of it, just like aggravates the shit out of me. Like, like athletes and sport. Like, you know, there's a fucking reason why Obama hit the line immediately when like it looked like the NBA players were going to go on strike in the bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this has reverberating effects. If people are like, oh, it's not what we're saying. It's talking about local politics. It's like, how is that not local politics? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he, he, um, yeah, he has, uh, one thing I really do, it really does annoy the fuck out of me when people do, like when Chomsky says something and people are like, "All right, Grandpa," it's like, no, the dude is still very much, um, you know, with it. He just sucks. Just accept it. Like he just, <laughs> like he's still very much like. I mean, I mean, I don't want to like, because like one of his books really was very formative for me, um, and it's understanding. It's called Understanding Power. And in that book, he does talk a lot about that, that whole sports thing that you just said, Tom, that whole argument. 
Um, but it's, uh, it's like, he's also got like this weird thing about how, um, the assassination of JFK was not a big deal. Like it doesn't matter. Have you ever, have you ever heard that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's a good tie in with current affairs. Exactly. That's a really weird contradictory thing. It's like, okay, dude, like, uh, seems like people are pretty interested in that. Maybe that might be an inroad to like talk to people about how power works, but it's like to him, it's immaterial. He's just, he's kind of weird. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's I don't pretty mean, I didn't, when I, I, you know, I want to walk it back. I didn't mean to be like, oh, 97-year-old linguist, da 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 I don't want to be ageist about it. But, like, the other thing is, it's like, all your your heroes can and frequently are wrong about things. Yeah, I'm just, getting. yeah, the only reason I say that is because it does annoy me when, like, he will say something that, like, goes against what people's preconceived notions are. Um, and then... Uh, and then people will be like, "All right, Gramps." Like, or or he'll say something like, "We got to vote for Democrats," which he's been saying for forty years. Like, people are saying like, and you know, and people will be like, "All right, he's just an old man." It's just like, no, kind of like a guy that calls himself an anarchist but tells you to vote for Democrats might not be exactly who he says he is. It's kind of right. this all. This all feels very standard academics to me. Like, just projecting people's shortcomings based on ridiculous shit like oh i listen to the radio in the mornings from 8 to 9 a.m and before i read a thousand pages and the same people that would like jump down your throat for just citing something anecdotally like do the same shit themselves but we just don't have credentials from university of pennsylvania you know (laughs) yeah like also while we're on that topic academics just feel so fucking irrelevant it's just so they they they're like get further from the sun every day what 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 did y'all think about biden's curious choice to not release the jfk stuff citing that it might have some blowback on our first responders police officers and military what no i missed that did you that. not see this no no but he'll be on vacation so it, it's you know so he was like set to or like you know there was some sort of timetable to release like declassify the stuff about the jfk assassination wait is this why all the QAnon people were out in dallas <laughs> i don't know oh, it might be that was crazy. I, I think they were waiting for JFK Jr. And, JFK Jr., uh, yeah, they were. Somebody else to come. To come back from ah, the gotcha, dead. Gotcha, they gotcha. were waiting for him to resurrect from the dead, literally. They were. They thought he was going to show up, yeah. If they would have, you know how crazy that would be? Because remember how the Bible <laughs> says that, like, two will, like, lay dead in the streets and then be resurrected or something uh-huh. like that? That would be nuts. Anyway, Biden has said now that, like, because of the implications for the safety of our... Uh, men and women in uniform and police officers and first responders he's going to like be a little more judicious about when he releases the jfk stuff and it's not going to be wow is someone going to go just blast a cop because because alan dulles killed jfk (laughs) like the bush family had pop the bush family had him popped i don't get it yeah i don't know I don't know. I, well, it's 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 funny that it's it's indicting basically the whole apparatus of a state that we've bolstered for generations to like 
help them achieve this like status in society and apparently it sounds like it's just gonna like tear the moral fabric of everything that we've like shoved down people's throats for generations uh, they'll release it when everybody that was alive during that time is dead you know like they're just still... no kissinger and then they'll do it <laughs> yeah well like even our parents who well actually i guess my my parents were born after that happened but like you know, there's still a lot of people who are still alive who, like, remember where they were that day and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's like their 9-11. Yeah, we're going to be, like, 65, and then they'll release it. And they'll be like, see, I told you it was Alan Dulles. <laughs> yeah, we'll be old. We'll be ancient when they fuck. We'll be Chomsky's age by the time they put that out. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fucking hilarious because of the implication for first <laughs> police responders. military first response. I mean, that combined with shit he's saying at these climate talks, it's like, we cannot, we have a completely incoherent president. There's just no way to, at what point would you even care to believe anything he says? He'll do like some sort of Barack Obama, we... Well, we tortured some folks. Or like some sort of like Reagan. Well, my best guess is that da-da-da, but it looks like we did sell weapons, you know. He'll do one of those things. It's like, you know, I still believe with all my heart that Lee Harvey Oswald acting as a lone gunman did this. But it looks like there's a difference of opinion here. A little sketchy. That's weird. Well, I mean, um, I mean, some people say that he's our best president. Um, <laughs> Who say that? Well, see the thing. The thing is, <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to go. Some I need, people are saying. I need to like preface this. I am not a Biden supporter at all. But like on the merits, like everything has been so bad for like the last hundred years, two hundred years. I mean, he's really done the most since, like... Which is saying something, because he's done is, basically nothing. He's yeah, basically so done, he done nothing. He's done so nothing. Well, I mean, Very I'm just saying... Well, I'm just saying pulling out of Afghanistan is pretty fucking crazy. I mean, I know that Trump oh, basically... I, I know Trump basically initiated that, but, like... You know, he, he stood by his guns, and it was pretty fascinating. I, I Look, I'm not a Biden supporter. I'm not, like, um, I'm not standing this guy. I'm just saying that it's um, it's very interesting. Obama could have done that the, and didn't. If we're at the end of history, maybe the long arm of history won't uh, have any perspective because it won't come around. But I just don't know how anyone who botched uh an international health crisis pandemic this badly could could go down in in records as being a good president <laughs> like the man had every like he could have made he had he had every ability to stop all this death and cho- and has actively every day chooses not to well yeah the reason is is because republicans didn't get vaccinated i mean 
It really is that cynical. Like, they could have taken precautions and made sure that this thing didn't get spread. But no, they told you to go out and take your mask off, and by July 4th, everything will be all right, knowing full well that Republicans weren't going to get vaccinated and that we would spread it to them. And, like, they fucking died off in, like, tens of thousands of numbers. It's fucking crazy. What's crazy is that they really could have... But, hey, you're not looking on the bright side, though. We all saved 16 cents on our 4th of July supplies this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that, that in that window of time while Trump was still in office, that like from November to January, where it was like Trump and Joe trying to figure things out to get, you know, doing the transition of power or whatever bullshit they call it. That was a perfect window for them to rally all everyone from all points of view or whatever the fuck, Republicans, Democrats, all of them, to like address them all together and talk about the importance of the vaccine. They could have done that. I guess that was like maybe right before the vaccine came out, huh? No, the vaccine dropped in December, didn't it? No. No, uh, I didn't. No, no, I didn't get mine until March. But it's like... Trump could have just like they could have done a commercial anything if they had just had Trump's dumbass voice on the radio or TV saying I'm getting vaccinated please yeah you get this is my vaccine well, just let did. him claim just he let did. him claim that it was his vaccine but they but they didn't boost him it was only for hit like his little echo chamber you know well, what I mean yeah they it's funny though there was a press this was it was too late I get this at this point you're saying like early on it would have worked you're probably right yeah but he they did. had every opportunity to be like this is not bar- this is not partisan we are and we have an opportunity to turn this around and they just don't they just don't do it they just don't fucking care yeah they they he did tell people to get vaccinated at a campaign rally in i think july and got booed and they booed him didn't they yeah it was pretty funny Um, by that time it was too late it was already it was already a culture bullshit by then you know Mm, right I, you yeah. know, here's my thinking on that now, not to get too far down that rabbit hole again, but I think basically the people that were going to get vaccinated were going to get vaccinated from the beginning and those that weren't, weren't. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, I, I'm sort no, of turned against the idea. I don't feel that idea. way. I feel like it has been very cultural. And you know why? Because people are getting vaccinated in secret, Tom. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't doubt that at all. I, I'm just saying that, like, I think there was always going to be a certain amount of people that were just never going to get vaccinated, you know, whether sure. Trump was in office or not. Yeah, yeah. But I think the margin's pretty wide of people who, like, were just became convinced by either their own, either peer pressure in their own circles or whatever, that this was, like, a liberal thing to do. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird, because I remember when I was working at the wastewater treatment plant, we all had to get, like, a hepatitis A vaccine to work there. And, like, I remember even back then, I was thinking about this, like, guys were like, shit, I wouldn't get that if I, if I, I got to have this fucking job or I wouldn't get that damn thing. You know what they, who knows what they put in those things, you know what I mean? There's just something about getting a shot that is like a little, you know, brave new world, you know? <laughs> I do think, I think both of you are correct. It is, yeah, very cultural. Perhaps it could have been avoided or that gap could have been closed. Um, but, uh... I do think that all of these things feel like they were, I don't want to say set in stone, because nothing is ever inevitable, but it does feel like a lot of these things were pretty much set on the course they eventually wound up 
moving towards like decades ago, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, by that I mean just like the erosion of um, a social fabric. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you like, yeah, especially if you want to talk about the the just uh, shambles our healthcare system has been in for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah. And people's fear of healthcare in general, the, people's well, fear of the, doctors, like, right? Yeah, just, just could, yeah, the hollowing out of it for nothing but profit. I mean, that was only going to lend itself to a response to this thing that made sure more people died, and um, it was just—I don't know—it's just really like uh, we had already made our beds, you know, and. Um, I don't know. It's really, it's really, it's kind of a, a mind fuck when you think about it in that way, because it like really does prove to you like the power of of history and of um, and class conflict is really what it is. It really shows you the power of class of like how class struggle really does create history because. These motherfuckers, like, they, they created the conditions for this long ago in their war against the poor and against working people. And um, and they were never for a second sweating that they would have a problem. They None of them ever thought they were going out like Stan, except for Trump himself, who thought he was going out with, like Stan for, like, three seconds. <laughs> he was downright convicted of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a way, you kind of have to admire his, like, resolve in the face of that. Am I going out like Stan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. May we all be as brave and hilarious on our deathbeds. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he would have died after saying that, that would have ranked right up there with Oscar Wilde's Either, I, e- either the uh, Wallpaper Goes or I Do, or uh, uh, Pete Maravich's I've Never Felt Better in My Life. <laughs> God damn. The last, we're going to have to wait a little longer for Trump's final parting words, but they're going to be great. I know that. They'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's still cranking out hits. He's still absolutely cranking out hits. I mean, his is the first press release I've read in years. (laughs) He just puts out these random press releases, and I'm not. Uh, who else is who else am I reading press releases from? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh shit. I gotta bounce, boys. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out the Patreon. Uh P A T R E O N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Thanks for listening this week. Um any parting parting thoughts? Final words? You fucking morons! <laughs> fucking morons! That's all I've been saying it constantly since then. I just love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> fucking morons! <laughs> all right, um, all right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye bye.